0: Log Talk Radio. and Truth Seeker. You are listening to PGN Prophetic Grace Network. This is Secrets Revealed. Understand the Book of Revelation from start to finish. Today is Sunday, October 8th of 2023, and we will hear the Millennial Reign Prophecy in the Book of Revelation. The Millennial Reign Prophecy is the 10th of 12 prophecies in the Book of Revelation. I invite you to be with me and with us every Sunday and every Thursday as we unlock the secrets in the book of Revelation. You can listen live at 12 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sundays. And in October of 2023, we have analysis and discussion of the Millennial Reign prophecy with me, Nicole, your book of Revelation research scientist in these uh, Discussions and analyses are happening, again, on Sundays and on Thursdays, 12 noon Texas time on Sundays, and 10 a.m. Texas time on Thursdays. You can listen uh, several ways. You can listen live. You can listen live via our PGM phone number. There are two PGM phone numbers if you're listening to this program the phone number is one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. So that's the original PGM phone number one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. Not to be confusing, but to make sure you have all the information you need to listen to our main PGM program. That's Prophet Randy Chandler on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights at. Uh, 9 p.m. Central Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, that phone number is 1319-527-6737. For this program, you can listen live using the 6027 phone number. You can listen live via the Internet. So if you have any Internet-enabled device, you can go to blogtalkradio.com, back forward slash, let me say that again. With any Internet-enabled device, you can listen live. So if you have a desktop computer, a tablet, your cell phone, a laptop, any Internet-enabled device, maybe you have a fancy watch that's Internet-enabled. If you have any Internet-enabled device, you can listen to the live broadcast or you can listen to an archived broadcast of this program by going to blogtalkradio.com. So I encourage you and invite you to do that. Another way to interact with me and with us here at PGN is to use the PGN text number. Now the PGN text number uh, for the purposes of this program is to communicate a question or you can share your perspective or your prayer request. That PGN text number is one 214-505-8719 214-505-8719 That's one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. 505 8719 All the texts go to uh, Prophet Randy Chandler When he receives your text He will share it with me Your PGN host for Secrets Revealed Understand the Book of Revelation From start to finish And I will follow up either during the live broadcast Or in a future program So thank you for doing that For being here with me and with us I never take for granted your time I value your time very much and so we're going to get to it focused on hearing the book of Revelation there's a special blessing that comes on every person who hears the book of Revelation and I want to share with you uh, what I want to share with you what the Bible says about hearing the book of Revelation and why It's valuable to give your time to it. So in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, it says, God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. So the book of Revelation begins with, this is a revelation from Jesus Christ. And then it says, uh, he sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. And then finally, and again, God blesses the one who reads the words of the this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says. So what is the message of the book of Revelation? The message of the book of Revelation is there are soon coming realities. And John the Revelator was shown the soon coming realities. We just heard in verse 2 of chapter 1 that, John, quote, faithfully reported everything he saw. So the revelation is the actual revealing of Jesus Christ to the entire world. When does that happen? It happens at his second coming. So John the Revelator was shown 12 visions. By who? It says in verse one again, he sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John. So, what does it mean to present this revelation? John, the Revelator, was shown by the angel of the Lord external visions with sound. By my analysis, there are twelve of them, and he was shown uh, he was shown them all in a row. So he was shown uh, a vision about the seven seals. I refer to it using language from the Bible as the seven seals prophecy. Then he was shown uh, the seven trumpets vision or the seven trumpets prophecy. Then the 1260 days prophecy. Then the 666 antichrist prophecy. Then we finally get to number 10. So what he was shown... documentary number 10, vision number 10, movie number 10. You know, we we call moving pictures with sound today, we call them movies. Uh, in the Bible, it's referred to as a vision, but it wasn't a vision that John caused himself to have, right? He didn't cause himself to have these visions. We're told an angel presented the Revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw, so he saw these visions, these visions are actually moving pictures with sound and moving pictures with sound in today 's vernacular we we call those movies, moving pictures with sound, but these weren 't just any kind of uh, movies yesterday. Uh, Daryl, Paul, and I watched The Way Back. An interesting movie. I enjoyed watching it. We enjoyed watching it. But it's uh, it's fiction. It's fiction. It's for entertainment purposes primarily. In contrast, documentaries are not for entertainment purposes. Documentaries are for informational purposes. So when John the Revelator was shown. Movies that reflect realities, those movies are, in fact, documentaries. And so these documentaries are for informational purposes so that we can know, we can understand, we can have information about what? About his second coming, about Jesus Christ. Christ, his return. Now, these 12 visions John the Revelator was shown begin with chapter 5 and end with verse 5 of chapter 22. We're about to hear the millennial reign vision that the angel of the Lord showed to John when he was called up to heaven. So what is it? The Millennial Reign Vision, we can refer to it as the Millennial Reign Prophecy or the Millennial Reign Documentary, we're saying the exact same thing. John John the Revelator faithfully reported everything he saw. He didn't have the ability to videotape the documentary he was shown. Okay, again, an external vision. The angel of the Lord showed John the Revelator a documentary about the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth. This is huge. This is huge. So we're not talking about... um, Anything that's fictionalized. So when you start with verse one of chapter five and end with verse five of chapter twenty two, a hundred percent of everything shared is fact. Genuine statements that reflect truth. Let's hear. Let's hear. Once John the Revelator saw these twelve documentaries, Let's hear what the angel says about what the angel showed John the Revelator. So picking up immediately after the end of the last documentary, John the Revelator was shown, the angel of the Lord says this. Verse 6, John reporting to us on what happened. Verse 6 of chapter 22, he just finished seeing the last documentary. The last vision that the angel of the Lord showed him, and this is now what John the Revelator tells us, immediately after that ended, he says, Then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who inspires his prophets, has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. So what did we just hear? Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. Now, what exactly did John the Revelator hear and see? He heard and saw moving pictures with sound, external visions. When I say external, visions that were external to himself. These were not visions in his mind's eye or uh, dreams that he had when he laid down to to rest. These were actual visions that existed in a tangible way that he viewed. And again, visions that are external to ourselves, when they have moving pictures with sound, we refer to them as movies. But the angel of the Lord says to him, quote, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. That's verse 6 of Revelation Uh, chapter 22 so what does that mean that means everything that we are about to hear is trustworthy and true a hundred percent a hundred percent of everything we are about to hear this is one of the visions John the Revelator was shown vision number 10 documentary number 10 prophecy number 10 what is it the millennial reign prophecy This prophecy hangs together with prophecies number 11 and 12. Now, I keep interchanging uh, the words prophecy, vision, and documentary, and I'm, I'm doing that for a reason, not to be confusing, but to communicate the reality that these are documentaries because We don't have the ability to see exactly what he saw due to the limited technology that he had. He had to faithfully record everything he saw. Unfortunately, he didn't have the cool cell phone that you have, or the cool uh, video camera that someone else has. He had the best technology that existed at that time, which is a writing utensil, and something to write uh, on, perhaps parchment paper. So he faithfully reported everything he saw. He recorded it, but it's not a video recording. He recorded everything he saw and heard with words. So in that way, when we hear the Millennial reign prophecy, it is essentially the Millennial reign documentary in words. Okay, so the Millennial Reign prophecy is the Millennial Reign documentary, the Millennial Reign vision John the Revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven. Now, let's hear it. One of the questions that uh, I'm going to answer today is using this documentary to uh, give us Information, what information The information that answers this question Right here When is the When is the first resurrection Is it Before The great tribulation Is it halfway Through the great tribulation Or is it After the great tribulation So Uh I love to watch, uh, when I can, uh, Perry Stone, Hal Lindsey. Uh, I used to watch uh, Jack and Rexella. I loved uh, watching Jack Van Impey Presents. You know, lots of people, and I think you are one of those people, are interested in when is the Great Tribulation. So some people talk. Uh, I like to watch uh, the End Times Ministry broadcast that happened uh At 4 p.m. Eastern Time So uh, You know Lots of people are interested In when exactly Is the first resurrection So sometimes people refer to The timing of it as Pre-trib Mid-trib And post-trib So pre-trib If you are a pre-tribber That means you believe that the, tribulation, uh, that the first, resurrection, first resurrection happens before the great tribulation That's what it means to be a pre-tribber So a per, some people believe in a pre-tribulation rapture In other words, a pre-tribulation first resurrection In other words, a pre-tribulation marriage of the Lamb Some people believe in a mid-trib They say it, it actually happens halfway through Some people teach that that uh, And some people are post-trib and they say, you know what, uh, I believe that the rapture happens after the Great Tribulation. So I'm not going to um, share with you my opinions because I don't think that's very valuable. It's not valuable to uh, discuss opinions um, about... When the great tribulation is going to be I am going to share with you and with us We're going to discuss what does the Bible say Because I am a truth seeker I believe if you If you're a PGN uh, family member or friend Maybe you're a first time listener The people who tend to be a part of this Are, are people who really have a heart for truth So um If you are saying, I I need to know what is true, I've got to get a hold of what is true, and you understand that the Bible is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you understand that what is in the Bible is the truth, then you are at the right place because that's what we're about to do. We're about to hear information from the Scripture that tells us the timing of the rapture, the timing of the first resurrection, the timing of the marriage of the Lamb. Okay, so saying the same thing. The, the rapture, that language, um, you know, people use it, Often, But the rapture is the first resurrection The Bible refers to it as the first resurrection What is that? That's when those of us who are in Christ Now who's in Christ? Everyone whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life The good fish The wheat uh, The sheep Everyone who is in Christ As well as the remnant Will participate in the first resurrection Okay, so let, let's let stay focused on the timing of it Okay, I think we know what it is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 gives us a beautiful picture of that A beautiful picture of that uh let's hear that picture for a second, then we're gonna to go to uh the millennial reign prophecy. So our question is when is the first resurrection? And let's let's hear what happens and what it looks like. So in First Thessalonians verses fifteen to 17, we are told what will happen at the first resurrection. Here's what it says. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. That's First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 and 18. Now, I notice two things here. In verse 15, it says, We who are still living when the Lord returns. Did you hear that? We who are still living when the Lord returns. But if he's telling us about that, he has a reason. He's, he's telling us a secret. There are those of us who will what? Be, quote, still living when the Lord returns. So we haven't even gotten to the uh, the millennial reign prophecy yet, but if we go to First Thessalonians, we hear a secret revealed, and that secret is that there are those of us who will, quote, who will be, quote, still living when the Lord returns. Now, when does he return? He returns at the time of the second coming, and the beginning of that is the marriage of the Lamb, the first resurrection. And then we heard in this same chapter, in these same uh, verses, we go down just a little ways, and it says, Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth. So after those people who are in heaven, but they're disembodied spirits, they're in Christ and they're in heaven, but they're disembodied spirits, they're going to get their peak performance glorified. Immortal bodies first. But there's a group of believers, I believe, that some of us who are Listening to this today, some of us are going to be in that group, I believe. There's a group of people who, it says, we who are still alive and remain on the earth, remain on the earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, then together with them. So it communicates that there's a group of people, a group of believers who will be here, at the time of the first resurrection still on the earth. Okay. Now let us go let us go to get the definitive scripture. I think you know in Matthew there's useful scripture there to, for understanding the timing the timing of the first resurrection, but if if you only had 2 minutes to get confirmation on whether the first resurrection is pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation, or something else. If you only had two minutes to get confirmation on that, I believe you ought to go to Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. That is what we are about to hear, the millennial reign prophecy. It hangs together with the dead judged prophecy which comes after it, and the final prophecy in the book of Revelation, the new earth prophecy, let us hear it together. Let us hear together right now the millennial reign prophecy, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. I'm going to share it in its entirety, and then we're going to lock in. We're going to lock in on those scriptures that provide the truth about the timing of the first resurrection. Here it is, reading from Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked. So Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded, for their testimony about Jesus, and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. When the thousand years comes to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog in every corner of the earth, He will gather them together for battle, a mighty army, as numberless as sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur joining the beast and the false prophet there they will be tormented day and night forever and ever that is the millennial reign prophecy in its entirety that's the documentary john the revelator was shown about the first Thousand years of the government Of Jesus Christ on this present Earth in Isaiah In Isaiah We are told Talking about Jesus Christ And of the increase of his Government and his peace There shall be no end His government is coming The government of Jesus Christ On this present Earth is coming This documentary is about the first thousand years. You heard that number, 1,000 years. You heard 1,000 and then the phrase 1,000 years over and over again. This is the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ. Now let us get an answer to the question, when is the first resurrection? Let's go to verse 4 of chapter 20. The end of verse 4 says, They had not worshiped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. When it says this is the first resurrection, that's the beginning of verse 5. The first part I read is the end of verse 4. Now, if you have been with me and with us here on PGN listening to this program, and if you haven't been, don't worry. We're going to talk about uh, a key point right now. I want to bring you into this. The 666 Antichrist prophecy, where is it? Revelation chapter 13, Is the 666 Antichrist prophecy it focuses on the reality of the ten-nation alliance that will dominate economic and political affairs the new world order that will exist during the wrath of Satan what's the wrath of Satan the great tribulation the great tribulation is the wrath of Satan Now, we're told in the 666 Antichrist prophecy that the Great Tribulation is for three and a half years. And during this period, the Antichrist will grow in power and dominion. He will be the mouthpiece for the new world order, the one world government. At the end... Of the 666 Antichrist prophecy the actions of his partner the false prophet in this prophecy the false prophecy is uh, the false prophet is referred to as quote another beast in quote so in the book of Revelation sometimes the Antichrist is referred to as a beast Sometimes the false prophet is referred to as a beast, and sometimes Satan is referred to as a beast. They're all a part of the unholy trinity, Satan and his two flunkies, the Antichrist and the false prophet. Now let's talk about the relevance of the 666 Antichrist documentary, Revelation chapter 13. The six actions... Of the false prophet Documented in the 666 Antichrist prophecy Include the false prophet Commissioning a statue Of the Antichrist During the great tribulation Now this is very important You might say you're going sideways Research scientists I thought we were talking about The millennial reign prophecy We have to look back We have to look back to the 666 antichrist prophecy because we must understand when will the statue when will the statue of the antichrist exist how does it come into being on this present earth and when will the mark that can go on one's forehead or on one's hand what is that and when is it available because in the millennial reign prophecy were told they had not worshiped the beast or his statue so this is talking about the Antichrist so in the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ John the revelator sees some folks who participate in the first resurrection and these folks are individuals who quote had not worshiped the beast talking about the Antichrist or his statue nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. So three things. During the first resurrection, some of the individuals who participate in that first resurrection and who are here during the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ, three things about these folks. Number one, they did not worship the beast. Who's the beast? The Antichrist Number two They did not worship His statue Whose statue The statue of the Antichrist And number three They did not accept The mark His mark Whose mark The mark of the Antichrist On their foreheads Or their hands They all came to life Again So they came to life again Because They died So If you come to life again, that means you you must have experienced death. We can think of it as the first death to contrast that with uh, what the Bible refers to as the second death, which is permanent. Okay, I don't see that language, first death, uh, in the Bible, but I'm, I'm using that as a way to distinguish it from uh, when the Bible refers to the second death. Now, talking about these people, earlier in verse 4 it says, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. You know, it's a lot right there. Let's start with, first of all, when is the statue of the Antichrist going to be here? Where it's here, on this present earth. When? When? We go now to the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation chapter 13. So in this prophecy we're told, in verse 5 of chapter 13, then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. Okay, so that tells us right there the Antichrist will do whatever he wants For 42 months. Elsewhere it's referred to as 1,260 days in Revelation chapter 12. And in the book of Daniel it's referred to as a time, times, and half a time. And in the seven trumpets prophecy it refers to it that way too. It's all the same uh, length of time. So 42 months is three and a half years. That's 1,260 days. The great tribulation is 42 months. How do we know that? Right here. Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. So this is telling us that the Antichrist is a beast, and he's going to have authority, This, and he's going to use his authority to... Uh, bring about the wrath of Satan, why he's one of Satan's two flunkies. Who's the other one? The false prophet. So the Antichrist, as a flunky of Satan, is going to forward his agenda. He's going to be given authority to do it ever he wants, not for seven years. That'd be 84 months. Okay, so there is a seven-year period. That's Daniel's 70th week. There is a seven-year period, but the Great Tribulation itself is... 42 months, that's three and a half years. Okay, now, what is happening during this 42 months? During the wrath of Satan, in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, we're told in verses uh Verse 11, then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast. This is talking to us about the false prophet. So the false prophet is referred to as another beast. And it says, he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast. Now, why is he requiring people to worship the Antichrist? Along with the one-world government, there will be a one-world religion. The harlot church will promote the one-world religion. And so the false prophet is going to do what? He's going to cause people to worship a false god. Who's that? The Antichrist. He's going to cause people, it tells us that right here in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Six actions of the false prophet are identified at the end. Revelation chapter 13, verses 11, verses uh, 11 to 16 give us six actions of the false prophet during the great tribulation. Now we're talking about one. It says he required talking about the false prophet all the earth and its people to worship the first beast now we need to talk about this to unlock secrets in the millennial reign prophecy now how do you worship now don't do this how does one worship i need to rephrase my language uh how does one worship the first beast to worship the first beast an individual must worship the antichrist the antichrist is the first beast referred to in the 666 antichrist prophecy. Now, how 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 does one do that? Well, the Bible tells us. Let's go to verse 14 in the same chapter. It says, "He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast." He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast. Who? Another beast, the false prophet. This happens when? During the 42 months when the first beast is given the authority to do whatever he wants. So we know from the book of Daniel that the ten kings are already in place. Three are put down when... uh, The Antichrist emerges We know that from uh, Daniel chapter 8 That's uh, Daniel's little horn dream Daniel chapter 8, Daniel's little horn dream So the statue referred to in the Millennial Reign prophecy It happens during the Great Tribulation It is commissioned by the false prophet during the great tribulation. Once it is commissioned, now let's go back and hear this. It says in Revelation chapter 13, verse 14, he ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast. Then it says in verse 15, he was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. And finally, then the statue of the beast Commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. The statue itself talks. How does it talk? The false prophet endows it with the ability to speak. Now, is that technology or the supernatural supernatural power from Satan? We're not told here. But we are told that the false prophet uh, gives life to the statue um, so that it could speak. Here's the take-home point. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Now we finally get to the point. How do you worship the statue? It says, then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. So the statue gives some sort of instruction to those individuals gazing upon it. Those individuals perceiving it, experiencing it as a tangible uh thing, a living thing that speaks, and in fact, it says anyone refusing to worship it must die now you might recall you might recall from daniel uh Daniel chapter two, Nebuchadnezzar's statue dream that's also another uh nuts situation. What do I mean so Nebuchadnezzar had a great statue of himself uh, commissioned, and then it was created. And then whenever the musical instruments made sound, people were supposed to worship the statue. Let's go there for a second. Let's go there to Daniel chapter 2. So we see that people who are inspired by Satan, uh they come back to the to the same wrong thoughts the same wrong ideas the same wrong objectives and uh i'm going there okay let's see if i can pull this up Okay, I don't have it in front of me. Okay, because I'm in Daniel chapter one. Let me go to Daniel chapter two. So, what are we talking about? The statue. The false prophet will commission a statue of the antichrist. We're told in the millennial reign prophecy that there are people who refuse to worship the statue. The statue doesn't exist until it's commissioned by the false prophet, until the false prophet uh, gives it life, and then after it gives it after the false prophet gives it life, then the statue itself commands people to worship it. But the only reason the false prophet commissions a statue of the antichrist is because the antichrist is has declared that he is God. The antichrist is ruling in the context of the one world government, the new world order. It would make no sense to commission a statue of the Antichrist and to have people worshiping it unless and until the Antichrist has declared that he is God and unless and until he actually has the authority to exert his will over the people. In governments on this present earth Okay, now How in the the heck This is just really more curiosity How are people going to worship The statue of the Antichrist Um, We're not told Exactly uh, How it's going to happen But we're told that The Antichrist will require People to do that Okay, and so in Daniel chapter 2 we have the the statue dream which is about the five governments and then we learn about the one world order at the end, but that's actually not the chapter I want to talk about. I want to talk about the chapter where um when the musical instruments play, you then you have to uh then you have to worship it. That's in Daniel chapter 3. Okay, let's go there I'm curious, maybe, I don't know if you're curious But I'm curious about um, how, how are folks going to actually be commanded To worship the statue Okay, here it is finally Daniel chapter 3 This is actually um, Nebuchadnezzar's flaming furnace dream Let's hear about how people are supposed to worship Or how people were required to worship there Daniel chapter 3 says King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and nine feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So this is actually a repeat of wrong thinking, right? So we should all worship the Lord our God. We should all worship Jesus Christ, God the Father. Uh, But here Nebuchadnezzar has created a statue of himself, 90 feet tall, so that's pretty tall. Verse 4 says, Then a herald shouted, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Now that just is ridiculous. I I you know, frankly it's just nuts. Uh so in a In a nuts reality, thousands of years ago, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, made a gold statue of himself, and people were required to worship the statue. We just heard it. Revelation chapter 3 verses, I'm sorry, Daniel chapter 3 verses 1 to 6, there's a gold statue, and people are required to worship the statue. How do they do it? So at that time... They had music sound, so uh, music played, sometimes it was a horn, or it could be a flute, or a zither, or a lyre, or a harp, or pipes, or other musical instruments. And when an individual heard the sound of any of these musical instruments, then the individual was required to worship the statue, specifically how? Quote, bow to the ground. To worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue That's how worship of that statue uh, that, that was how worship was operationalized, if you will At that time, they said To demonstrate that you are worshipping The statue of King Nebuchadnezzar You need to bow to the ground You need to bow to the ground At the sound of the musical instruments. Do it, or do it Bow down to the statue to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's statue. Bow down to it, or if you refuse, quote, if you refuse to obey, you will be, quote, immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. Now, that was thousands of years ago. Let's fast forward to our future. Now, what's going to happen during the... Great Tribulation What's going to happen during the Great Tribulation It says In Revelation chapter 13 Talking about The 42 month period During which the Antichrist The first beast During which the Antichrist Will have authority to do whatever he wants Uh, We heard that that Another beast, the false prophet Will commission a statue Of the first beast, that's the Antichrist And then what's going to happen? He was then then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Okay, so, you know, Satan's not original. He had this Nebuchadnezzar doing this years ago. Now he's going to have uh, the false prophet doing the same thing. At that time, they said if you, if you don't worship the statue, you're going to die via the flaming firm, furnace. This time we're not told how people must die. You know, is it gunfire? Is it lethal injection? Is it beheading? Um, I'm going to guess it's beheading because that's the language used in the Millennial Reign Prophecy. Maybe it's not limited to that, but it appears that it will necessarily include it. Now, What have we learned? We have learned that the statue, the statue referred to in Revelation chapter 20, that it does not exist until after the Antichrist has been put in power as the leader of the one world government, the new world order. Now let's talk about the mark of the beast now why are we talking about these things again we want to understand is the first resurrection is the rapture pre tribulation is it mid tribulation or is it post tribulation because it says in the millennial reign prophecy they had not worshiped the beast or his statue nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands and that these individuals talking about they they had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. So individuals, some individuals who participate in the first resurrection, and you say, well, wait a minute, I didn't hear anything about the first resurrection. Let me read that part. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. So we're in Revelation 20, verse four, 20, verses 4 and 5. Okay, so... These individuals that participate in the first resurrection, it tells us that they had not worshipped the beast or his statue. Now, you don't worship the Antichrist until the Antichrist tells you to worship him. Now, you don't worship him at all if you are a truth seeker and believer in Jesus Christ, and I don't worship him at all. An individual will not worship the Antichrist Unless and until he says, worship me. Now, when does that happen? According to Daniel, we're told he's going to stand in the rebuilt temple very shortly. There will be a confirmation of the covenant. There will be a peace agreement that gives Israel the green light to rebuild the third temple. When that happens, they're going to do it very quickly. The blueprints already exist. The furniture that will go in the rebuilt temple, they've already purchased it. Those religious officials who are trained to conduct the ceremonies that should be conducted in the temple as ordained, those individuals have been trained, and they are awaiting. Awaiting what? The rebuilding of the third temple. Now, Once the temple is rebuilt in our lifetime, that will happen very soon. The red heifers that we believe will be used in the ceremonies when the third temple is rebuilt, those red heifers traveled from Texas to Israel. That happened last year. They are there. The blemish-free, perfect red heifers. They'll pick one of them. Now, getting back to uh this statue the antichrist is going to stand according to daniel he's going to he's going to stand in the rebuilt temple and he's going to declare that he's god and that is why his partner the false prophet the head of the harlot church this is all discussed uh the head of the harlot church and his uh ministry it's discussed in the purple and scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation. But right now we're talking about the millennial reign prophecy and the 666 antichrist prophecy. Um, The statue does not exist until the antichrist has declared that he's God. The false prophet will agree. The false prophet, the head of the harlot church, will agree. And because he agrees, he will commission a statue of the Antichrist who he will be telling people is God. It's a lie from the pits of hell. But he will tell people, just like the Antichrist will tell people that he is God, the false prophet is going to echo that sentiment. He's going to repeat that lie. He's going to make that assertion as the head of the one world religion. Then he's going to commission a statue of the Antichrist because he believes that the Antichrist, I don't know if he believes it, but he's going to say that the Antichrist is God. He's going to say that the Antichrist is God, and so he's going to commission a statue of the Antichrist. Now, why do we keep going on and on about this statue? The statue only exists once the Antichrist is the head of the one world government Once he's in power during these 42 months So when we go to the millennial reign prophecy And we're trying to figure out Well, okay When when did the first resurrection happen? Because now everybody's already here We're all going to be here Every believer Everyone in Christ is going to be here uh, During the millennial reign But when did the first resurrection happen? When did it happen? Well, we're told here that some participants in the first resurrection, that some of those individuals refused to worship the statue. It says, again, Revelation 20, verse 4, they had not worshipped the beast or his statue. So you can't refuse to worship the statue of the Antichrist unless the statue of the Antichrist exists. It doesn't exist until the Antichrist declares that he is God, and it doesn't exist until the false prophet becomes the head of the one world religion and commissions the statue and gives life to it. And that doesn't. And after that happens, then the statue will command people to worship it. None of those things happen until the Great Tribulation. Now, don't hang up. Don't turn off the internet. Let's 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 wrestle with these scriptures. What do I mean by that? Let's get a hold of these truths. Now, if you're like me, you love watching uh, TBN, Daystar, some of these other things, and. Uh, Lots of great teaching on these programs. Now, there's some movies that they show. Some of the movies on uh, different networks line up 100%, maybe, or line up uh, the majority with the Word of God. Sometimes they don't. Now, you might say, well, in the movie I saw this thing or that thing happen, and that's fine. But we're not talking about a movie. We're talking about the Word of God. The Word of God is infallible. The Word of God is true. Now, I'm not going to take the word of uh, a human being over the word of God. I, I won't do it. I don't care who you are. Now, certainly I respect all humans, and I'm interested particularly in what other believers have to say and what you think and what you believe. I'm interested in it. But, friend and truth seeker, I have to tell you the truth. I am not going to take your word or anyone else's word over the word of God. And I don't think that you ought to do that either. I think that if I am talking, if uh, another person is talking, if you are talking to yourself, you ought to put the word of God ahead of your own thoughts, my thoughts, or anyone else's thoughts. Now, what does the word say? They had not worshipped the beast or his statue. They cannot worship The statue until it exists It does not exist until the great Tribulation is here And in play During those 42 months Therefore The idea of the pre-tribulation Rapture We must put that to bed We have to set that aside We have to set that aside Now it's just a question in my mind Of whether the Uh whether the rapture, the first resurrection, is mid-trib or post-trib? That's the question in my mind at this time. have to set it aside. But perhaps, let's look at one more thing before we set that aside. Verse 4 says, uh, Nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. Let's talk about this. So we've talked about the statue. Even going back so far as to look at Daniel chapter 3, when Nebuchadnezzar in the Flaming Furnace uh, chapter how people had to bow down to that uh statue at that time. Now let's talk about the mark of the beast. We're told that there are people who will quote uh there are people will have who will have quote been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. Now let's talk about the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is very important. Every individual, every individual who is in Christ will ultimately bear the mark. We will have on our foreheads, according to Revelation chapter 3 and Revelation 22, the name of God will be on our foreheads. That's the true mark. Now Satan is a liar and a plagiarizer and a thief and a deceiver. Now God has declared to us in Revelation chapter 3 and Revelation chapter 22 that in the end, After the end of the world, after the end of the world, when we are in eternity future, experiencing eternal life on the new earth forever and ever, that 100% of us who are here, every person who has transitioned from mortality to immortality, we will have the mark of God. It will be on our foreheads. So Satan says, wait. God's going to put on his children's forehead a mark. I'm going to put on my children's forehead a mark too. So he wants what God has. God says, I'm going to put my home in Jerusalem. So then he says, no, I'm going to have my home in Jerusalem. No, Satan, you're going to have your home in the lake of fire. And it's going to happen after the end of the millennial reign. That's what's going to happen. Now, talking about this mark of the beast, when is the mark available? Because we're told in the Millennial Reign prophecy that there are people who participate in the first resurrection who refuse the mark of the beast on their forehead or on their hands. The mark of the beast is not available yet. Now, does the technology exist perhaps? I don't know. It might. The let me say let me say this. The mark of the beast is not Currently in a compulsory administration period Let me say it that way So there will be a compulsory administration period In other words, a period of time During which all humans will be ordered By the one world government To take the mark of the beast A compulsory administration period of it, uh, For the mark of the beast Friend and truth seeker, we are not in that period of time. How do you know? Now, when I go to Whole Foods, they're telling me, I went to Whole Foods uh, a couple days ago, and they had something where I could put my hand up there to pay for my uh, purchase. I I don't even know what that is. I'm certainly not going to be putting anything in my hand. Um, That being said, for those folks who have done that, I don't believe it's the mark of the beast. I really don't that doesn't mean that it isn't. I'm not I'm not going to put anything in my hand. I don't think you ought to either. However, there will be a compulsory administration period. Now, the mark of the beast itself, so not the technology that will be used to administer the mark of the beast, but the actual mark of the beast, it does not exist until the beast has been elevated To be status the antichrist yes he is here yes he is alive on this present earth but he has not yet taken on the role of antichrist Barack Obama existed in the year 2000 but he was not yet president now I'm not saying Barack Obama is the antichrist okay (laughs) let me be clear Barack Obama is not the antichrist I do not believe that Barack Obama is the antichrist I am not saying that. I have never said that. But my point is this. The Antichrist is the Antichrist when he puts down three kings in the Ten Nation Alliance and he emerges as the eighth king. He becomes the mouthpiece for the Ten Nation Alliance. He grows in power and dominion. So, you know, think about yourself if you're a mother or a father. Although you existed at a certain age, it wasn't until your child was born that you became a parent. It's not until... The Antichrist declares that he is God, that he actually becomes the Antichrist, if you will, in a sense that he is in the role, he is acting out the uh, agenda. We are in the 42-month period where he legitimately has that authority. Okay, so when I, what I'm talking about is when does he, when is he endowed with the authority to rule and reign as Antichrist? It's for 42 months. It's not before then. It's not right now. Therefore, the mark of the beast, which is the mark of the Antichrist, we don't have a compulsory administra- administration period because he hasn't been endowed with that authority to require that at this time. The false prophet hasn't even been put in place yet. The false prophet may or may not know who the Antichrist will be. Now, if you listen to PGN, you know who he is. If you, if you haven't heard that show, it's in the archive. September of 2022, the identity of the Antichrist was revealed by Prophet Randy Chandler, September 12th. Monday, September 12th of 2022. That's the number one PGN show of all time, in my opinion if you haven't if you if you haven't heard anything else, you ought to go and listen to that. You ought to listen to that. The date is September twelfth of twenty twenty two The identity of the Antichrist was revealed now uh let us talk about when is the first resurrection. We have the answers here. The answer is here if you only have two minutes and you need confirmation of whether the resurrection is pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, or post-tribulation, that proof is right here in the millennial reign prophecy, Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 and 5. John the Revelator says to us, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the Word of God. Now, true enough, many of the apostles were beheaded. Most of them were beheaded. I believe that it's correct that most of them were beheaded. Why? For their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. But we're not talking about that particular group of individuals who have been beheaded. In fact, this week, someone may be uh, beheaded for their faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, but we're not talking about everyone who has ever been beheaded Uh, due to their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God, we're talking about a very specific group of believers. Now, don't be mad at that. Some people get mad when they look at the book of Revelation and God chooses to zoom in on a specific subgroup. He has his reasons. Don't be mad at that. That doesn't mean that if you're not in that group that you're not important or that – you don't have interesting things going on. Not everything can show up in every scene in a documentary, right? Everyone's story can't be told all at once. So right now we're hearing the reality about a specific group of people who, so which believers who uh, had not been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God in the very next sentence. In Revelation 20, verse 4, it says, They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. So this is telling us, this is specifically about believers who, during the Great Tribulation, believers who were beheaded, they were beheaded. Why? They didn't worship the statue. Now, I don't know if the musical instruments are going to make sounds and, that's, and then you're supposed to bow down, uh, maybe I, – I, one time I thought about this. Hitler wanted people to uh, worship him, if you will, by doing that salute. So I don't know, is the Antichrist uh, – is, is that going to be the instruction? When the statue commands an individual to worship it, people have to do some kind of uh, gesticulation with their hand. So some kind of hand and arm movement. Uh, Maybe it could be a a dance, like some of the dances on TikTok. Maybe it could be, uh, you know, it it could be a thousand things. I don't know. But those who are in Christ, it says, they refuse to worship the statue. They refuse to worship the statue of the Antichrist. Um, So what does it mean? It means that it means that the first resurrection is not before the great tribulation. It means that every truth seeker needs to be aware that we will be here during the great tribulation. Now let me ask you a question. Who's more powerful? Is it Jesus Or is it Satan? And I'm going to answer this question because you might say, well, you're a Christian, that's why you think that. Let me tell you why I believe that. In Revelation, and I'm saying this because this might be your first time listening to this program, and this program is for every truth seeker. So if you are a Muslim and a truth seeker, this is your program. If you are an atheist, In a truth seeker, this is your program. If you are a Christian and a truth seeker, this is your program. So this program is for every truth seeker. Any person who says, I've got to know what is true about my future. I've got to know what is true about my future. I can't stand a lie. Now, this is why I believe that Jesus is more powerful than Satan. You might say, well, uh, maybe A person listening is a Satanist. Let me tell you why Jesus is more powerful than Satan. In Revelation chapter 19, in the marriage supper prophecy, that's the documentary about the Battle of Armageddon, we hear about how the Antichrist and the false prophet They will be destroyed. But in this prophecy that we heard today, we heard about the destruction of Satan. What does that mean? The second death. Now, where did we hear it? Verse 10 of chapter 20, Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So in this prophecy, Satan is destroyed. How is he destroyed? He experiences the second death. What's the second death? Revelation 20, verse 14 says, This lake of fire is the second death. This lake of fire is the second death. It's a, it's a, the lake of fire is a location, and when one is thrown into it, That individual or entity is never able to escape it It's uh, permanent residence It's eternal damnation, if you will So if a person experiences eternal life That is life on the new earth And the person can go many places But if the individual or entity is experiencing eternal damnation that individual is limited to the lake of fire, it's, a, it's, a, it's very confining, it's very confining. Now, again, why do I say Jesus is more powerful than Satan? So Satan experiences the second death he's destroyed, forever separated from God, prohibited from entry onto the new earth. Now, if you've heard about the Garden of Eden, you know it's amazing. When we transition to the new earth, it's going to be amazing. No more death, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more grief. Now, talking about the Antichrist and the false prophet, why why is Jesus more powerful than Satan? Well, in the Marriage Supper prophecy, I started to say this earlier, we hear how Jesus... When he returns, he has an amazing technology, a sword, that extends from his mouth. He doesn't even have to use his hand. Like if I had a sword, the best sword that existed, I think that sword would be affixed in a holster to my right hip because I'm right-handed, and I pull it out. Maybe, you know, if I work out and I have good hand-eye coordination and good reflexes, maybe it might take me one second to pull it out. Maybe I could get it down to half a second. I'm not sure. But Jesus, his technology is beyond that. He has a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. And he uses it to destroy his enemies. And he wins the Battle of Armageddon. 100% of his enemies die. 100% of his enemies they live in mortal bodies on this present earth, and at the Battle of Armageddon, given that they live in a mortal body, when he takes them out, they die. So what does that mean? He's more powerful than the Antichrist because he kills him. You say, where's that, Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 21? So that's what we talked about in September. Um if you haven't had a chance to listen uh, to those episodes of this program, please do. Let's let's stay here for a moment. We're talking about the Millennial Reign prophecy. The first resurrection is post-tribulation. Now, I want to take us to uh, I want to take us to the most famous scripture in Matthew. I want to take us to the uh, most famous scripture in Matthew. So we're trying to answer the question, when is the great tribulation? And if we go to Matthew chapter 24, I'm going to go there now. This is another place where information is given, uh, given about the great tribulation. I want to do a quick sidebar. I was watching... You know what? Let me not do that. Let me stay on track. We just have ten minutes. Um, let me make sure I, I answer this. Let's go to Matthew twenty-four, talking about the timing of the great tribulation. This is so important. You know, one reason given for why you need to know that if you live long enough, you will be here during the great tribulation is because you need to make sure you don't take the mark of the beast. You need to make sure you don't take the mark of the beast if. You take the mark of the beast I'm going to rephrase that Because you're listening to this program I believe you'll never take the mark of the beast Because you're hearing the truth What's the truth? The word of God Anyone who takes the mark of the beast Is choosing to be a child of Satan Individuals who are a child of Satan Join Satan in Satan's forever home What's that? The lake of fire. Individuals who are children of God join God in his forever home. God the Father where's his forever home, the new earth. So either, every human being, and there's no option C. Some people say, well, uh, I just don't believe in all that. Does it matter? Let's say a person said, well, I I don't believe in a round earth. (laughs) Does it matter? The earth is round, Right. So there's, there's no opt-out. Either a created entity known as a human being will ultimately, ultimately experience eternity with the individual's father, Satan, or the individual's father, God. Now, Jesus Christ is getting us in right standing with who? God the Father. God the Father is coming back, but he's not coming back to this present earth. He's coming back to the new earth. Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, gave himself a human body. Now he's in a peak performance resurrected royal race body so that we could get back in right standing with God the Father so we could regain sonship and daughtership. Adam lost it. Adam and Eve lost it. See, Adam was born in the image of God, and he had immortality. Then when he sinned, all of us who came after Adam, we were born in the image of Adam instead of the image of God. Now, why does that matter? It matters because only through a second Adam, as referred to in the book of Romans, it's only through a second Adam that we can regain sonship. In other words, that we can regain immortality. Now, this is not science fiction. This is science fact. Adam had no curse in his body. His DNA was 100% error free. Immediately when he was deceived and sin entered the present earth, his DNA began to erode. Then the corruption continues to this day. Now I appreciate the advances of science and technology. Not only do I appreciate them, I enjoy them. I look forward to them. But the most important advance, the most important technology is the mechanism used to transition every person from mortality to immortality. What's that? The blood of Jesus Christ. There's nothing more advanced. There's no technology. There's no Intervention. There's no medication. There's no surgery more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? It's the only thing that can allow you and me to transition from mortality to immortality. Your enemy is not Joe Biden. Your enemy is not Donald Trump. Your enemy is death. That's your greatest enemy. Death is your greatest enemy. Now, Jesus is more powerful than Satan for many reasons, but here's a key one. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26 says, And the last enemy he destroys will be death. Who's he? Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to know the person endowed with the power and the will and the plan to destroy death. Who is mighty enough to destroy death? Jesus Christ. Now, there are lots of reasons to find and follow Jesus Christ. A number one reason is he's the only way to transition from mortality to immortality. And he loves you enough. He loves you enough to offer you the opportunity the opportunity to get everything you need, your passport to the new earth. You know, you can't get on a plane without a passport. You cannot get to the new earth without your passport. You must be a child of God. You must be in a peak performance glorified immortal body. You must be free of all sin. Now, You know, due to my own actions and those of my forefathers and foremothers, I got these errors in my blood. I've inherited some sin debt. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ, my spirit is sealed. It's made perfect. And at the first resurrection, I then transition to my perfect body. At the first resurrection, you will transition to your perfect body, your immortal body, if you find and follow God's plan for salvation. Now listen, the mark of the beast is going to be available to every believer who is here during the Great Tribulation. And make no mistake about it. We heard in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that there will be those of us who are here on this present earth at the time of the second coming. The second coming happens after the great tribulation. We learn in the book of Revelation that the wrath of Satan, the great tribulation, as described in Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 13, Other chapters too, but in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, in the 1260 days prophecy, these are, these focus almost exclusively on the Great Tribulation period. This is the wrath of Satan. It's followed by the wrath of God. The wrath of Satan is for who? Those who are Team Jesus. The Great Tribulation is for who? Those who are Team Jesus. It makes no sense that. Believers would not be here during the Great Tribulation because the purpose of the Great Tribulation is for Satan to persecute the children of God. Not his children, but the children of God. Now let me share with you and with us one more scripture. Let's hear Matthew uh, chapter 24. In Matthew chapter 24... We're told that uh, Matthew 24, verse 29, Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then, at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. In Matthew chapter 24, it's telling us that the first resurrection happens after, after the great tribulation of those days, after the anguish of those days. It says in this translation, some translations say, after the tribulation of those days. Listen, we are at time. I hope that this has been a good discussion for you. I look forward to uh, continued discussion and analysis next Sunday at 12 noon Texas time. And on Thursday at 10 a.m. Texas time, thank you for being with me and with us. Until next time, friend, call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets.